You've got to hold and give and do it at the right time, said John Barnes way back when, and right now is the right time to prove that Ross Tweddle is a football genius by taking a look at my pre-season predictions, Le Barge. There I am, back in the summer, what was I thinking about the scraggly beard? Keep it tamed, Ross, you scruff. Right, let's watch what I was saying back in August. Let's get cracking with a knocking straight away. Your Premier League winners for the upcoming season will be Manchester City. I th- oh, it's got off to a tremendous start as I'm sat here recording this video on December the 28th. Manchester City find themselves in fourth position in the Premier League, a full five points behind Liverpool at the top of the table, but crucially because of their Club World Cup exploits they do have a game in hand but it hasn't been going too well recently drawn lost won drawn won their win against the ev last night as i'm sat here being the most recent results and maybe just maybe they will not be your premier league champions for 2023-2024 think that arsenal are going to get close but the difference maker will be is just the fact that i can't see manchester city letting riyad mahrez go this summer and not replacing him with a like for like especially when they've let all the goals of gundawan go and not replaced him with a like for now then, that's very interesting because obviously Jeremy Doku has arrived. Jeremy Doku's done quite well. Maybe not as well as Riyad Mahrez used to do, but he's new over here. Players take time to acclimatise to the Premier League. He is good though, that Ross Twaddle, saying they've let the goals of Gundogan go. As I'm sat here now, they've only scored 43 in 18 league games. That's down for Manchester City, I bet. Honest, it probably might be. But like, they're not going to do that twice. And therefore, once they've secured a top quality winger to replace Riyad Mahrez, I think that'll be the difference maker for Manchester City in retaining their title and making history and getting four in a row for the first time since things were invented. So- and shout out as well for Ross Tweddle there of that holding give saying that Arsenal would come closer. They are two points off the top of Le Table, two points behind Liverpool, but do have a game in hand. Some things were said correctly in that prediction, but some things were also just not said correctly either. So there you go. Manchester City are going to be your Premier League champions for the upcoming season. The top six. We're going to go for the top six in the Premier League. Manchester City will obviously be first. Arsenal will be second. They currently are second. Ross Tweddle's on the ball. I think Manchester United will be third. Be- oh, well, I'm, I'm just... <laughs> I started to say because. So this is going to have aged like milk. Let's hear why, why Manchester United, who are currently sixth, as I'm sat here, 31 points, uh, six points off the top four. Let's hear why they'll definitely finish third, Ross, you twat. Because that's where they finished last season, didn't they? They're not getting any worse, are they, with the signings they're making? They're letting McTominay go. They haven't let McTominay go. They're letting Maguire go. So they haven't let Maguire go. They're getting the, the deadish wood out of there. They're not, they're not good enough wood. They're not prime mahogany. They're not good enough wood. They're not prime mahogany. Scott McTominay's goals have saved Manchester United on numerous occasions this season. And Harry Maguire has returned to somewhat form. He got player of the month a couple of months ago, didn't he? Ross Twaddle knows nothing. Uh, they're getting that out the football club. They've got an upgrade in nets for, with O'Neill. Woo! 
they've got an upgraded net on Onana. Now, to be fair, when this video was recorded on August the 8th, 2023, Onana was, in last season's Champions League as Inter Milan, got to the final, probably the best goalkeeper in last season's Champions League. So at the time, that was a factually correct statement because David De Gea's form had dropped off. But the longer that David De Gea hasn't been at Man United and the longer that, well, to be fair, Onana is getting there slowly. It was horrible at the start. It was horrible at the middle of his tenure so far. But very recently, it's been better. Still not as good as De Gea, but better. So who knows? Come the end of the season, that might be true. Onana, I think he's going to be better for the team than what David De Gea was by the end of his stint at Manchester United. So I think Man United will get third spot once again. And then fourth place in the league, I think it's going to be Liverpool. I can't see that business being done, especially in the midfield area. A complete rebuild was there, sort of bragged about, put out there in the press before the likes of Henderson and Fabinho went. And quite honest with you, they haven't signed enough players, even with Fabinho and Henderson in the squad. So the fact they've gone, they're going to have to go and get a few more players and I think they maybe will. And I say maybe because Jack Atkins on the Hole and Give Football podcast, he has fully conveyed to me what a bunch of arseholes FSG can be and how much Jurgen Klopp has bought into their arseholery over the last few years. Rounding off the top six now. Well, just before we get to the final bits of the top six, Liverpool are currently, as we say, top of the league. So maybe I've undersold them heading into this season, as I think many people did. I don't think anybody saw Sabaslai being as good as he is. I know he... Obviously, he had a high reputation coming in to the Premier League, but I think he superseded what reputation he had before he arrived. Endo has even been fantastic with people like, he's 29. What do you want to sign him for from the Bundesliga? What's going on there? So Liverpool are batting above their average so far this season. So fair play to them and to FSG for parting with their money. I think that no European football will help both Spurs now then, Ross, you're onto something here. Currently, Tottenham are fifth position in the cha- in the in the Champions League in the Premier League. They are one point behind Manchester City, having played the same amount of games. You, sir, are a football genius. And Chelsea, oh bollocks, I've made a right mess of it. Chelsea are currently tenth as we're sat here. They've played 19, so one more game than some teams in the Premier League. 25 points. They are just mid-table, mid-table obscurity. Ross, you know nothing about anything. Finish in the top six, which means that Aston Villa, Brighton, Newcastle will be battling out for 7th, 8th and 9th. To be fair though, Ross, Aston Villa 3rd, that's horrible predictions from you there saying they'll be battling for 7th or 8th. But Newcastle are currently 8th, Brighton are currently 9th, West Ham are the only team you've not mentioned there so far, they are 7th. So that's quite a, quite a decent prediction for the Premier League top 6, but also in certain areas, very wrong indeed in the Premier League this season. I just think in terms of Newcastle, I don't think our squad depth is there for the Champions League. For the- Well, Ross, you are a football genius once again because as we've seen with the injury list, I guess we couldn't predict the injury list was going to happen. But even with the injury list there, even if everyone was fit, I don't think the squad depth was there to compete on all fronts. As we've seen, going out the Champions League at the first hurdle, going out the Carabao Cup at the quarter-final stage and currently finding ourselves eighth in the Premier League. A full, how many points are we off, sir? Eight points off the top four for the Carabao Cup, for the FA Cup, for the Premier League, for the Seller Cup sponsored by Visit Malta that we won last weekend. Uh, I don't think our squad depth is anywhere near enough uh, as to what it should be for the season we've got coming up. While Aston Villa, I think, have done some very good business getting uh, Bailey in from uh, Bayern Munich. 
Now, I, I realise what I said there. Bailey from Bayern Munich. Bailey, of course, signed from Bayer Leverkusen and signed back in 2021. Who I was referring to was Diaby. He also didn't come from Bayern Munich. But yes, Diaby, he's been one of their standouts, especially when the weather was warmer at the start of the season. I feel the colder it's got, the colder his form has got. So yes, Bailey and Diaby are two different players, Ross, you tit. And stuff like that. And obviously, yeah, Thielman's in the midfield as well. I think their squad depth will let them down because I think they'll go a long way in their European competition. But to be fair, they did top their group in the Europa Conference League, but they are currently third in the Premier League. Three points off the top, haven't played the same amount of games as Liverpool. Uh, one more than Arsenal, so that was a load of bollocks. Ross, you know nothing about anything. More on that a little bit later. And Brighton? I think that McAllister's obviously going to be a massive loss, but you just assume one of these signings they've made this summer is going to be the next McAllister, or they've maybe had the next McAllister lined up before McAllister left, because that's how Brighton work. I thought that was going to be Enciso the way that last season ended, but he's sort of... Where is he? What's he doing? Have you seen Enciso? Let me know, because that goal he scored against Manchester City towards the end of the last season, the goal he scored at Chelsea towards the end of the last season, I was thinking, ooh, 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 here we've got an attacking midfielder who'll take Brighton forward for many years to come. Where's he been? But I just think they'll fall short because I think a lot. The, the more publicity they got last season, the more teams will work them out next season, if that makes some sort of sense. De Zerbi Ball was kind of sprung upon the Premier League when he replaced Graham Potter, so I think that now he's been fully bedded into the Premier League. The managers more expect what to expect from De Zerbi Ball, so I think that might see them fall short a bit. And of course, they've got European football to contend with as well, but... I guess that makes some sense. They've still been doing rather well this season. They are ninth on 27 points, so they have not been being found out as much as maybe I've let on there. But I guess there's a bit of truth to that. And, of course, the European campaign won't be helping them either in terms of keeping their bodies fresh. But, yes, Spurs and Chelsea. I really like the look of Chelsea especially. Um, in pre-season because Newcastle uh, obviously were in that uh, Premier League series tournament with Chelsea they look very very good on the ball Newcastle snatched a draw late on against them in the, the, one of the earlier pre-season friendlies against them but the, the way that Pochettino had them set up of course they didn't have a lot of players at his disposal when they played Newcastle have made signings since then will they be good signings only time will tell they're certainly on the younger side of things but I think he'll get them playing better football especially than what they were playing last season it couldn't get any worse but you know what I'm trying to say and I think Spurs are going to be... It couldn't get any worse, but you know what I'm trying to say. It's nearly as bad. They are 10th. They finished last season in 12th, I believe. Um, yes, the signings haven't been good, have they? <laughs> Conor Gallagher is the guy who feels like he's pulling Chelsea through. Jackson up front feels like some sort of social experiment. Um, he looked a lot better in pre-season than he has been uh, during the, the actual campaign so far this season. So, yeah, Chelsea making me look like a right whopper. Hey one of the dark horses of the season but more on them a little bit later on as well as for relegation we're going straight down to the bottom three because who cares about my prediction of who finishes 12th in the bloody Premier League I certainly don't so I doubt you will either 18th position it's me big one for the season I'm going Everton now well you hear what I've got to say about the F but currently they are 17th so of course I'm looking really clever without knowing that a 10-point deduction is the only reason they are in 17th position. Without the 10-point deduction, as I sat here on December the 28th, they would be on 26 points and they would be in 10th. So Sean Dyche is shutting up me good and proper.
I think time is going to finally catch up with them as I'm sat here on August the 8th, uh, a matter of days before the season started. Their only signings this summer have been Ashley Young and Dan Juma. Obviously, Ashley Young is 72 years old and Dan Juma did sweet bugger all at Tottenham Hotspur last season. I guess you could say that a lot of uh, Spurs' squad did sweet bugger all last season, but he excuse me, he did nothing, so I don't think there's going to be too much of a... Of a uh, what, what am I trying to say? Too much of a, a star signing for them? I think it'll make a difference, but not too much of a difference. And I think... Speaking of star signings, Jack Harrison obviously was, I think, injured when he signed for Everton from Leeds on loan. He's been... A fe- well, he's been a very good signing by the, the, the longer the season's gone on. He's, he is just a Premier League footballer and he has certainly added to Everton. Beto started off well, didn't he? He signed after this video was made as well, but he's since dropped off and looks... I was just watching that game against Manchester City last night as I'm sat here and there was a, a chance that he had to run through on goal and he, he looks slower than I, than I am if I was to uh, just get on the football pitch and start trying to sprint uh, or do a fast walk. I don't know what the difference is between the two there. Um, and Chimidi is the other guy who they signed 19 years old from Sporting Lisbon who hasn't really done anything at all. So when I was making this video, there was lots of strife between, or it seemed between the direction the upper echelons of Everton Football Club wanted to take the club and what Sean Dyche wanted to do in the transfer market. Since then, those fears have been sort of eradicated with the the proposed takeover, um, I guess you could say, of the 777 group. Uh, but obviously the 10-point deduction has been labelled, oh, oh, sorry, put on Everton as we're sat here now. So I guess we'll have to see how January goes. I don't know what, it doesn't mean, just the the 10 point deduction mean that Evan will be overly you know careful now in January does this proposed uh, sorry investment from 777 mean they'll invest more than they would have done I don't know so I don't know but Evan not doing a lot better than I think many people expected me certainly included in that I think maybe something else could be Everton's downfall this season, but once again, I'll get onto that a little bit later. 19th position, I think their home record will keep them off the bottom of the table. I'm going to go for Luton finishing 19th. I just don't think their squad is anywhere near strong enough to survive in the Premier League, but that Kenilworth Road, the different sort of atmosphere, the different changing rooms, the new stand, the littler stadium, all that sort of stuff, that'll play to their advantage when your Manchester Cities and teams like that will come into... Maybe not Manchester City, maybe someone like, I don't know, Brighton, when they visit Kenilworth Road... Maybe someone like Newcastle, who are the only team to not score against Luton this calendar year, or something like that, or since they got promoted, whatever the start was. So yeah, Luton currently find themselves 18th, uh, 15 points. They are a point behind the Ev with a game in hand, crucially as well. Uh, Forrester on 17, just above there. Crystal Palace are on 18. So that's a not bad prediction. I think Luton are maybe doing a lot better than uh, some people would think. I guess that they, they are... Apart from Newcastle, they're beating who they should be beating, if that makes any sense whatsoever. They beat Sheffield United recently. They had a win against, oh my God, they won 2-1 at home against Wolves, I think it was, which is maybe a little bit of an upset, maybe not at the time when the game took place. I think they beat Brentford somewhere as well, which is a very good uh, result indeed. So, uh, or what's that? I can't remember now. I thought I'm just chatting bollocks. I know nothing about anything, but they are doing slightly better than I think many people would have thought. Because obviously, a lot of people at the start of the season were saying Luton Town are going to break Derby's record, but already they've surpassed that. So fair play to the Luton. Up the hats!
That'll play into Luton's favour, and they might pick up the odd win here and there. And then bottom of the table, without any shadow of any doubt, is going to be Sheffield United. I do not under... I've just realised in saying beating Wolves and Brentford, I'm speaking about Sheffield United, aren't I? That's their two wins this season. But they are bottom of the table on nine points. So up the Ross Tweddle. Understand what is going on at Sheffield United. Apparently they've got no money. I, I, I went to uni with a Sheffield United fan. He was telling me this in the WhatsApp chat the other day. But they've signed an Arsenal reserve team player for five million. But the big one is... They've let their best player from last season and die go to Marseille. He's not on their squad anymore. And as I'm sat here, as I said again, on the 8th of August, they're letting their second best player, Sander Berg, go to Burnley. One of the teams that were... To be fair, he's been a bit crap for Burnley, hasn't he? So his reputation heading out of the championship built up over the past couple of years has superseded him, Sanderberg. With them last season, what are they doing? It's as if they want to get relegated and they will deserve to finish last in the Premier League. What on earth are the owners at Sheffield United doing the red and white wizards? I don't know. Top scorer in the Premier League, it's an easy one, I guess. Erling Haaland will get that one again because he plays for Manchester City. Although, as I said earlier, with the lack of Gundawan and the lack of a like-for-like replacement for Gundawan, it'll be interesting to see if the, maybe the supply chain towards Erling Haaland might be a bit more or a bit less than it was last season, which could have the knock-on effect of affecting his goal tally. Uh, that doesn't seem to be the case, Ross, of the past, because as we're sat here on December the 28th, Erling Braut Haaland is top goal scorer in the Premier League. 14 goals despite the fact he's missed the last few games. Salah is on 12, Solanke's on 12, Bowen on 11, Son on 11, Huang of Wolves is on 10. So yes, normal service has been resumed by Erling Braut Haaland, even though there has been a change of personnel just behind him on the football pitch for Manchester City. The dark horse team of the season. Now, people are going to laugh at me for this one, but I don't care. I believe in me convictions and I'm going for it. Me bollocks are root. Spurs will be my dark team, or dark horse team of the season. Uh, a lot of people, I guess, would expect me to say something someone like Brighton, but I think Brighton, the amount of publicity they got in the second half of the season especially, I think everybody knows about Brighton. So I'm going to go for Spurs as my dark horse team of the season because everybody seems to have written them off over the course of the, the way last season sort of petered out into nothing, then bringing in Ange Postacogli, who is a nothing name to a lot of people, even though I'll very much, and me personally, I love listening to Postacoglu talk. He's the sort of manager I'd love to see manage in Newcastle because he takes no bollocks and he plays attractive attacking football. Spurs have had the big names of Mourinho and Conte. That didn't work, so why couldn't Ampostacoglu work as well? I don't know why it couldn't, but I think you'll bring the attacking football to Spurs. As I said earlier, the lack of European football will certainly play into their favour. I think Harry Kane, the closer and closer we get to the start of the season, apparently the news was saying today that if we do get to the start of the season, and he is, a, he is still a Spurs player, he will end up staying at Spurs, so I think he will stay at Spurs. And Ignore that bit. It was all going so well until that bit there, but just ignore that bit. I think he actually signed for Bayern Munich like a day or two after this video went live. So you can cut me some slack there, please. But apart from that, nail on head. Where's the lie? It's not, not in that part of the video anyway. And that's always going to be a Brucey bonus. I think the dealings they've done this summer have been quite smart, especially Madison and Solomon, who was on loan at, at, uh, no, at West Ham there, on loan at Fulham last season. He Ignore that second part there, but Madison has been one of, if not the signing of the season so far. Maybe his recent injury has sort of um, made other players go a bit higher than him in those stakes. But yes, it has been a good season for James Madison. Solomon's been a big disappointment. I don't know where he is or what he's doing. Do you know? Let me know.
looks a quality player on the wing. Madison, we all know, is a fantastic player and I think ideal for a team like Spurs. Obviously, helping Kane a bit more than maybe other midfielders would do. Getting Pedro Porro and Kulusevski on permanent deals, I think, is more good business by Spurs. And also bringing back Lacelso, I think people have forgotten about him. I thought he was a decent player. Not one of the best players in the league, but certainly better or a better option to have if you want to play attacking football than maybe Hoiberg would be or maybe uh, Skip would be in the middle of the park. Obviously, Benton Coe's there. He was a bit more of an all-action player, but I think having Lacelso back, a different option in the middle of the park, that'll be in Spurs' favour. And I expect Spurs to upset a fair few teams this season because, again, I think a lot of people have written them off, but I don't think I would write them off. I think they're going to be the dark horse team of the season. Imagine if they've kept up their form from the early parts of the season up until me, Satya, now. How big of a dirty bollocks would I be Satya looking right now? But yeah, they have dropped off a little bit. They are still in the hunt for a Champions League play. So yes, Spurs have been the dark horse team of the season. Go back to the summer. It's a long time ago. But yes, you look at Son's form last season, stuff like that. People just wrote them off. But I was thinking, Ange, I just listened. There was that video going round on Twitter as it was known back then I think was it before the someone got changed to X I can't remember doesn't really matter but it was just his team talk from a set or a couple of team talk one from Australia game and one from half time in a Celtic game and it was just those they made me a believer I believe in Ange and it's been proven to be a good belief so far the first Premier League manager sacking of the season. Going back to something I said a bit earlier about Everton, I think it will be Sean Dyche further proven. The decision makers at Everton have no Scooby-Doo what the hell they're doing. No money to sign players because of what the deal, uh, transfer dealings have done in the past. The new stadium taking finances away from the club, or the, the transfer kitty, I should say, as well. The, the, maybe the brand of football won't be that the Everton fans like, and even though I, I do think they now realise where they are and what they've got to do just to stay in the Premier League, it seems to be happening every single season, so they can't be expecting the free-flowing football of years gone by and demise, eh? And stuff. Well, it wasn't really free-flowing football, was it? I guess it was for a period of time. Lump it long to Fellaini. Okay, Hill. Flick it on. James Beattie sticks it in. But you know what I'm trying to say? They know what they expect this season, but I do think that Sean Dyche, just with everything that Everton are, I, do, I, do, I have no confidence. If I was an Everton fan, I would have no confidence of the people who run, uh, run my football club, even though they're giving me a lovely stadium. They've given me many big money signings, which largely haven't worked out. I think Sean Dyche will be the first managerial sacking just because of things going on around him rather than what he is doing because he's doing the best he can. I thought he did well to keep Everton up last season. I like Sean Dyche as a manager. I like listening to him talk. He maybe doesn't play the best football but that's because of the surroundings around him. He had no money at Burnley and he did wonders with no money. So the fact, just I just think the expectation will get the better of Sean Dyche. I expect Sean Dyche to be the first managerial sacking. That is if we're not counting Lopetegu from uh, Wolves. Lopetegu? Lopetegu, apparently, but yeah, I think he left on the same day as I record this video, so I was predicting the future somewhat there with Gary O'Neill taking over from him. But I guess you can see where I was coming from with that prediction there for Sean Dyche being the first managerial sacking of the season. I didn't see it actually being Sheffield United's Paul Heckenbottom to be the first to go on December the 5th when they were bottom of the table because it just felt like they were in the league to take the parachute payments next season by getting rid of players like Sander Berg, not securing it, and die excuse me, to a permanent deal. 
and letting him go back to uh, letting him go to Marseille. I think it was he went to in the summer. I didn't see Sheffield United being as proactive as they have been in, in replacing their manager, bringing back Chris Wilder. I didn't see Nottingham Forest being the second team either. Just recently there on the nineteenth of December, letting Steve Cooper go after the job he did. Although their manager seems to be a bit rash and a bit of an arsehole. Um, just going off the signings alone and the fact he let Steve Cooper go, who got them back in the league, um, the Premier League, I should say, for the first time in twenty three years and kept them up despite having twenty nine players thrown at him. What a knobhead that owner is. Um, but yeah, it, I didn't just I didn't see it being Sheffield United. I guess my reasoning for Sean Dyche has made uh, his age like milk. But you know that's the that's the game we're in. Sometimes you look good, sometimes you look bad. It's, Gattuso said way back in the day. I can't see what he actually said because he swore. What a naughty boy. Who apparently, as I'm sat here again on the 8th of August, he's out the door and Gary O'Neill could be coming in. We're not counting that one. Sean Dyche, once the season gets going, will be the first one out the door, in my opinion. The Carabao Cup, bit of a stab at the dark of this one, but I think Villa might do well in the Carabao Cup this year. I really like the look of Villa under Unai Emery. I go back to when Newcastle went to Villa Park last season. We got torn several new arsenals on the day, and they've only got better with the silence they've made in the summer. Pau Torres as well, I forgot to mention earlier. Uh, Tielemans in the middle of the park, I think. Ali Watkins will have a, a big season as well up front. So Villa, I can see, winning the Carabao Cup. But again, it's a bit of a stab in the dark. It's a stab. You're talking a lot of sense there, Ross. But obviously, with the final four being middles better, Chelsea, Liverpool and Fulham, Aston Villa will not win the Carabao Cup. From here, if I'm going to make a prediction from here, it's Liverpool's to lose. They've got Fulham in the first leg at home, the second leg away. But despite that, Fulham having the home advantage in the second leg. It's Liverpool's cup to lose, I believe. The FA Cup, Pep likes it, doesn't he? So I'm going to go for Manchester City in that one. It's a boring pick, but he's won a lot, hasn't he? He's won a fair few of them. So I'm going to go for Manchester City in the FA Cup. The... Don't know what to say about that. The third round hasn't even happened. I guess we'll come back at the end of the season and see if that one comes true. Champions League, I can see it being Real Madrid's this year. Obviously, they've signed Bellingham. They've got Gula, who I know is injured currently, but he will be back towards the second half of the season, won't he? Will he? He's had another, he's had another injury, hasn't he? He's, it, it looks like being one of those youth players whose sort of career might be curtailed by injury, which is a bit of a shame. But yeah, Real Madrid in the Champions League have RB Leipzig in the round of 16, uh, the away leg first, so they will get through that. So they probably will win it. You know what? That's not a bad pick from you, Ross. Your football genius picking Real Madrid to win the Champions League. My, I mean, it's a left field pick. It's a, it's a wonderful bit of. Oh, shut up, man. Um, and I just think, obviously, Brahim Diaz as well. They've, uh, they've got back from Milan, where he was doing good stuff in the Champions League last season. I think all the pieces in that midfield, especially, which is already one of the best midfields in the world, is even better now. So I think the Real Madrid will win the Champions League, and I think it might be written in the stars if it will if it will be uh, Ancelotti's last season at the club. There was rumours that he was going to take over Brazil in 2024. I guess the Brazil uh, Federation, whoever it was at the top of that, confirmed that news. But then Real Madrid and Ancelotti himself haven't confirmed that news but he would say there's no smoke without fire so the fact that he's leaving all the stuff he's done at Madrid over his two tenures over the last 10 years ago maybe even a bit long bit 11 years isn't it yeah 11 years uh, I think it's written in the stars for a Real Madrid Champions League win you Interestingly, I've just seen on the X.com from Madrid Universe on there, Carlo Ancelotti has not signed anything with Brazil despite everything that has been said in South America. Real Madrid are delighted with the Italian and the idea is to meet up with him at the Super Cup to talk about a contract extension. So maybe, just maybe, he's not going to be the manager of Brazil. Maybe he'll continue with Real Madrid, obviously, after he wins the Champions League, as I predicted there. Roba League 
it's a hard one to predict because we don't know who's going to be in the Europa League from the Champions League come the turn of the year. So, so the teams that are in there now, I think Roma will be sniffing about because Mourinho's <coughs> then he knows his way around a European competition. But my favourites for the tournament right now in terms of who's in there as we're sat here at the start of August would be Liverpool. So Liverpool's trophy to lose, in my opinion. And the conference... <laughs> the- <laughs> Liverpool's trophy to lose. They finished top of the group that also included to lose. <laughs> but yeah, I guess even though we have this... like you know, the, the dropouts and all that sort of round to get through first before Liverpool come back into the competition. I guess Liverpool being a Europa League winner isn't a bad pick at all. They did breeze through their group, played 6-1-4. They lost the two games, but that doesn't really matter. They finished top on 12 points. I know I went for Villa as a bit of a stab in the dark for the uh, Carabao Cup, but I also think the Europa Conference League could be Aston Villa just because of Unai Emery and how much of a bastard he is in away games in Europe. He bloody loves them, so he does. So I think that'll stand Aston Villa in good Aston Villa, I should say, in good stead. And they'll get the Claret and Blue mantra that West Ham showed in the same competition last season and use it to good effect. So Aston Villa. Again, they have finished top of their group. They did better than Liverpool. They played six. They won four. They drew one. They lost one, finishing on 13 points. It's a sound pick again. We've got another one of those qualification dropout sort of knockout things in the next round before Aston Villa come back into it, having finished top of their group. So why not? Why wouldn't Aston Villa win uh, the Europa Conference League? Up oh, the English teams, and hopefully they do, because that'll help our coefficient rating, because apparently as we're stood here with Man United and Newcastle dropping out the Champions League, fifth place will not qualify for the Champions League last season, although I've seen people say it will, and I've seen people say it won't, so God knows what's going on with fifth place at the end of the season to win the Europa Conference League. That is it for my 2023... There you go, that was it for my 2023-2024 predictions. Some have aged like milk. Some, especially that Spurs one, make me look very clever. Let me know if you think I'm very clever by liking this video, by giving the hold and give a subscribe. Happy New Year and all that sort of bollocks. Thank you for watching what I've been doing this year. Thank you to the likes of Owen Mawson, to Jack Atkins, to Dan Heppel, and to Joel Holland as well for giving up their spare time and getting involved in the hold and give bollocks hopefully we'll have a more fruitful 2024 thank you for persisting through 2023 it's still a spare time thing i'd love it to be more but time is a finite thing isn't it so thank you to all who are on screen thank you to all who are watching happy new year all that sentimental bollocks i've been ross and i am maybe a football genius but also a bit of a twat see you later happy new year